Father, I thank you so much for this incredible honor and privilege that I have of ministering your word, Father. This is your word, not my own, Lord. I know where I was when I found you. I was nothing. I am nothing apart from you. But I know, Lord, that with you, there's nothing I cannot do. So I'm trusting in you now, Spirit of the living God, to speak through me that these will not just be carnal, empty words, but it will be words of spirit and power and life. Your words carried by your spirit. Spirit of Christ, speak through me, according to Matthew 10, verse 20. Hope, I'll open my mouth, you fill it, Lord. And I'll be very careful to give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. I bind all pride in Jesus' name. I bind self-promotion, self-agenda. I bind self. I become less. Please become more. Spirit of the living God, in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, say amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, we've got to finish by 12, So, and this is uh, not a shortish message, but we trust in the Lord that we're going to do this, so I'm going to kind of put my foot on the gas. So we're in part three of Monsters in Me. If you haven't heard part one or part two, you really need to listen to those teachings. We are studying very deep things at the moment. We are studying this because this is information you need to know. You need to know how the enemy works so that you are able to overcome and avoid the enemy. Amen? So we know that the devil and his angels or his demons were cast from heaven onto the earth. The devil and his demons are spiritual. Amen? You can't see them. They are spiritual beings that was cast onto the earth, and they function in and amongst humanity. Revelation 12, verse 7, in the New Living Translation, then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. How many can say, praise God? And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, wow, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So we know that Satan and his angels or his demons was cast down onto the earth and they are deceiving the whole earth. That's what the scripture says. Amen. Not us. Amen. Not believers. But Satan and all of his demons, they just want to do three things. How many of you can tell me what that is? Steal, kill, and destroy. They are passionate about doing that to every single one of us. Amen? That is their goal. 24-7, 365, for thousands of years, non-stop, you have an invisible enemy that is working continuously to destroy you, to kill you. But now, how many of you know that there's something that's restraining him from doing that? Because if he had his will, we'd all be dead. Amen? So there is something that is preventing these spiritual beings from fulfilling their will, and that is spiritual laws. 
that governs the interaction between the spiritual realm and the natural realm. God instituted these laws that governs the interaction of these two realms. How many of you know that God and his angels are spirit? Amen. They're of the spiritual realm just as Satan and his demons are of the spiritual realm. So God instituted laws that governs the interaction between the spirit realm and the natural realm, and God and his kingdom abides by the same rules. Amen. God and the kingdom of light abides to the same rules as the kingdom of darkness. Hang with me. The scripture says in Psalm 7 verse 11, God is a righteous judge. The NLT says God is an honest judge. So the spiritual realm functions like a judicial or a legal system. Got to get this. It functions like a judicial or a legal system. It functions according to laws. And God is the righteous judge that will uphold the laws that he enforces. How many of you know if there is a judge in your town and him and his wife and his two kids drive like really fast cars, they break the speed limit, the son was caught dealing drugs, the daughter was caught shoplifting, and he prosecutes everyone else that does this, but when it comes to his family, he doesn't prosecute them. Is he an honest judge? Is he an evil judge? Yes. God is absolutely righteous, absolutely holy, absolutely honest. So if he has instituted laws, he abides by those own laws. If he did not abide by the laws, then Satan would have a case against him. Amen? So you need to understand that it's important to note that the spiritual realm cannot function in the natural realm unless there is some form of permission. Amen? Some form of an agreement. He, they cannot, if the devil could do what he wanted to, you'd all be dead. Amen? So there has to be some kind of an agreement, and that's a very broad statement because it becomes extremely complex. So the devil works according to laws, but in a, in, in a very immoral way because there's law and there's justice. Sometimes you can function within the law, and you could be a murderer, and you can get off because you are functioning according to loopholes in the law, but not, it's not justice. So the devil and his kingdom will use the laws, but he uses it in an immoral way. It'll become clear to you as we go on, okay? So these agreements, they can be obvious. How many of you know that uh, Hollywood have, uh, many of the people in Hollywood have sold their soul and had, con that's not just a cliche, they've actually done that. Amen? They've come into contracts and come into agreements, so there are, there are agreements that we know about. There are agreements that are very subtle. Very, very, very subtle. And I'm going to teach you about them that you don't know about. You're getting into agreements all the time and you don't even know about it. Amen. And there are also agreements that can be on, done by others. 
in our family bloodline that can affect us. Amen? You're going to learn about that as well. And the agreements can even be forced or imposed upon us. And I'm going to teach you about that as well by the power of the Spirit of Christ. So you need to understand this. The spiritual realm has no power to function in the natural realm unless it is done through some kind of a physical point of contact. Through a human, through a substance, through a, a, an object. It needs a connection to the natural realm to, 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 to function as well. Amen? Do you understand that? Now, I want you to understand that humanity is the legal custodians of this natural world. We are the legal custodians, the legal managers. The spiritual realm is not allowed to function in the natural realm unless the legal custodians allow it to, give it permission, enable it or if we get used in some way for it to happen. Even Jesus Christ, before he was born into the earth, God had to make a covenant with Abraham. He had to come into an agreement, come into a covenant to be born into the lineage of humanity. Jesus said, I came through the gate. Amen. Mary had, had to give permission for the Holy Spirit to cover her and Jesus to be born. So I need you to understand this. Listen very, very carefully. The spiritual realm as a whole, being the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, does not function independently of their own will. I'm going to mess up your religious brains this morning. Let me tell you what. They cannot function apart from the permission given by the legal stewards, which is humanity, or they are breaking the law. Psalm 115 verse 6 in New Living Translation. The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. He created humanity. He said humanity will have complete dominion, and humanity rules the earth as managers. Amen. This is why prayer is so important, family. This is why the scripture says pray continuously. This is why Jesus prayed all night and all the time. This is why the scripture says in Matthew 6 verse 9, New Living Translation, Jesus said, listen, pray like this. Pray our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why is he telling you to pray for God's will to be done on earth? If God could do it. Amen. Then why? why? If this is Jesus' opportunity to teach you how to pray, and he says, pray this. Pray that God's will be done. Why would you pray it if God can do it? Wouldn't that be dumb? Amen. The spiritual realm functions on the permission of the natural realm. The spiritual realm reacts upon the actions of the natural realm. Matthew 16, verse 19, New Living Translation. Jesus saying, I am giving you the keys. You want to know how to function on this world, in the supernatural realm? Here is the keys. This is what you do. 
Whatever you forbid on earth, heaven backs up. It's not whatever I forbid, you back up. You, the legal custodians, whatever you forbid, heaven will back up. Whatever you allow, heaven will allow. Why? Because you are ultimately in control. And if the devil is messing up your life, you have the ability to stop it. Amen? Amen. Family, if God was functioning in this earth according to his own will, then everybody would be saved and going to heaven. Right? That's his will for you to be saved. But Jesus said only a few find the narrow path. Many are those on the wide path of destruction. Amen. So family, I need you to understand this. These spiritual laws that prevents the devil from influencing and interfering and working in your life, it also restrains the kingdom of light working in your life. Do you understand that? Same set of rules, family. You got to get this. You got to get this. So many times Christians don't understand. They don't grasp this. They don't understand that the, the spiritual realm, it's a legal system. And when you abide by scriptures and you follow the instructions, the spiritual laws of God, then you give access for the kingdom of God to function in your life and establish the blessings. Read the scriptures. If you obey, if you do this, if you do that, conditional. Amen. So if you abide by the rules, you abide by the scripture, you follow the laws, you enable God's kingdom to function in your life and you disable the kingdom of darkness. When you break the rules of God, you disable the kingdom of God functioning in your life in that area and you enable the kingdom of darkness to function in that life. You, you, you break agreement with God, you come in agreement with the devil. Amen? And, and, and you know the thing is, when you break the law, you're guilty. Amen? And God can really not do nothing unless you repent. Once you've broken the law, and if the devil has to bring a case before God, what's God going to say? No, but you know, man, I know their heart, man. No, guilty as charged. And there are consequences. Amen. God is a righteous judge, family. You got to get this. Now, I'm going to give you a very common example where you can maybe relate to this because I think everybody can relate to this. So, how many times have you gone through challenging times and month end comes and you think, man, I'm not going to be able to tie this month? Man, God will understand. God will understand I've been good. God will understand if I don't tie this month because things have been rough and I really need this. So God understands. Amen? Am I the only one that, that's thought that? Or is there someone out there that can thank you? One little thank you. Hallelujah. Okay. But now what you've got to understand, God is a loving God. He's compassionate. He knows. He understands. He gets it. But you're breaking the law. 
Amen. Because the, the Bible says, Malachi 3 verse 8 in the New King James Version, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You cursed with a curse because you robbed me. Amen. Listen, I didn't write this. That's what it says. Why? Because the Bible says the tithe is holy unto the Lord. It belongs to God. You take something that belongs to someone else. Guess what? Are you a thief? Amen. So even though God loves you and God is compassionate, the devil says, they've broken the law. Amen. Then, then it doesn't matter how much God knows your heart and that. Listen, you have to function within the laws. It's your protection. Amen. So often, you know, we, we get caught in this mindset. God understands, God, you know, God understands that I can't pray today, or God understands. That. Listen, it's not about that. Amen. You have to understand it is laws, uh, spiritual laws. Family, many people think that, and, and by the way, it's not God that curses you. Amen. It's not God that curses you. It just means that God can't protect you and the curse will start functioning in your life. Amen? Do you understand that? That's with all Scripture. So I want you to also understand that many people think God is in control of everything. Many people think that God is this puppet master. He controls you. He controls me. He controls everything. Well, then why do you sin? Hello? If God is in control of you, why are you sinning? If God was in control of you, you would be fulfilling all the scriptures. If God was in control of you, why do you do what God hates? Amen. If God was in control of you, how could he judge you? If he's making you do it. Amen. We need to understand that the spiritual realm is rallying to gain influence in our lives. The kingdom of darkness is on our doorstep. The kingdom of light is on our doorstep. And we need to understand that it boils down to spiritual laws. God doesn't tell you, listen, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, just because I want to be your, your headmaster. No, son, don't do this. It's danger. I want to protect you. Stay within the area where God can bless you. And, you know, many people refute this. Many people say, well, Pastor Carl, well then, how come in the book of Revelation that God lays out everything that's going to happen, so he's in control because he's making everything like that happen? Amen? Have you heard that before? Well, my answer to you is God already knew before he created everything how it was going to end. He knew the, 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 the end before the beginning began. Amen? <laughs> He knew it all. He, he declares the end from the beginning. He knew it all. And you know what? You were worth it. Amen. Isaiah 46 verse 10, New, New King James Version. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient uh, times, things that are not yet done. God knew exactly what was going to happen. Everything. Do you know that Jesus Christ, even before the earth was created, already knew that he was going to be crucified and die. Everything was planned out. They, God already knew it. Revelation 13 verse 8, King James Version, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him 
whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God knew it all. Amen? And if you're still not getting this, and your brain is still going on tilt and thinking, no, 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 God's in control. He must be in control. Then I want to look at something that's hopefully going to help you crack open that religious shell that you're in. How many of you know about the Ten Commandments? Only a few of you. All of you. Hopefully all of you. Okay? We know that God met Moses on Mount Sinai and God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Remember that. Exodus 20 verse 3, New King James Version. Read this after me. You shall have no other gods before me. So God's saying you'll have no other gods before me. I am the only God that you will worship. The second one, read after me. You shall not make for yourself, a carved image. So his first two instructions, you will have no God but me. You will not create any idols to worship. I am your one and only God. A few scriptures down the line, Exodus 32 verse 7, New King James Version. And the Lord said to Moses, go, get out of the way. For your people, he's not, not, no longer his people. For your people who you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. I commanded them. And what have they done? They have made themselves a molded calf. And worshipped it. And sacrificed to it. And said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Is God schizophrenic? Does he have a multiple personality disorder? No. Like, tell your neighbor, hello. God's not going to be like, listen, you're not going to have any other gods. And then make a God, create an island. Moses, this is it. No, dude. Like, seriously? Amen. <laughs> no, really, family. This is such a terrible doctrine that people teach. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Family, but you say, well, God's sovereign. Of course he's sovereign. He's sovereign enough, enough to make his own decisions. Amen? He's sovereign enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep the heavens. I'm going to put man in charge. That's sovereign choices that God made. He is still sovereign. He has planned everything how he wants it. He is a sovereign God. Amen? Could God intervene? Absolutely. But then he would be unrighteous, which he is not. Amen? And you might say, well, Pastor Cole, if God knows everybody that's going to hell, then why must he pursue them? Why does God pursue? Because you see people go to church, they get touched by the Lord, they, but then they fall and they, and they go to hell. So what's the point? If God knows who's going to go to hell, why pursue them? Is that a good question? Amen? Well, if he didn't, then they, they would say, well, Lord, you never gave me a chance. Amen? He's absolutely righteous. He will pursue everyone, give everyone a fair chance. No one will stand before the righteous judge one day and say that they never had an opportunity. Amen? 
So never forget, if there is demonic activity functioning people's lives, there is some form of a permission given, some form of a legal right. Somewhere there has been a door that has opened, that has allowed the spiritual to function in the natural realm. Let's look at a few ways that demons can access our lives. So the first way is temptation and sin. We learned that when you break the law, you allow the devil in. We see uh, in the story of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were in complete control. The devil came in and didn't say, hey, move out of the way. I'm taking over. No, what did he do? He covertly came in like a serpent, no authority, started to deceive them, started to tempt them. Look at the fruit. Look how good it looks. You know, you're going to get this from that. And only from the point where they actually broke the law did sin enter in and he was able to hijack the authority of this world. Romans 5 verse 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered. And the whole world, sin entered the whole world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone had sin. So, if Adam and Eve listened to their temptation and never acted upon it, the door would have remained closed. We'd all still be living in Eden. Amen? Family, you need to understand that temptation is a setup. You guys need to start become spiritually wise, man. Don't focus on what you can see. Focus on what you can't see. Um, Got to listen to me. We walk around like, uh, um, I don't even know what. You have to start to understand that sin and temptation, temptation is sin, it is a setup. There's a demonic setup. It is a plan. It is something designed to bring about <laughs> destruction, like adultery. That is such a setup. I can't believe how, how people fall into that trap. The enemies, if you could see in the spiritual realm, spiritually wise, you would see that it's all just a trap. All the forbidden fruit, it's all lacquer, whatever, until that plant comes to maturity and it gets revealed. Who's revealing it? The one that started the plan. How many uh, adulterous uh, relationships never get revealed? Like 90% of them get revealed. Right? Why? Disney devil. When the plan has come to fruition, boom, destruction. You need to look through the eyes of spiritual discernment. You need to understand, oh, I'm going to go out for a dope tonight. You gotta know, is it worth it? You know how many demons we've cast out because of alcohol? Is it you think you're drinking spirits, you're drinking other spirits? I'm telling you, you don't understand. You gotta you gotta apply wisdom, you gotta weigh it out. Is it worth it? When you get into that adulterous affair, you must know, listen, this is gonna come out. My family's gonna find out about this. These people are gonna find about it. This is gonna happen. Okay, let's go. Amen. Donkey. Family, we mustn't just be visually carnal. We need to become spiritually wise. Family, I don't understand how this enemy has been functioning so prolifically in our lives and everybody's just so ignorant to it. 
Amen? It'll help you so much in life. It'll avoid so much problems. It'll empower you in ways that you cannot believe. Because when you sin, you disobey God. If you're disobeying God, who are you agreeing with? There's only one kingdom you're agreeing with. Amen? And yes, listen, we all sin. We all mess up. And we have this wonderful thing called repentance. Amen? And forgiveness. But if you don't repent... The devil has a legal charge and he will take you out. Now, I want you to understand that the devil also uses temptation in order to hijack our emotions. I taught you on the previous one how, how uh, the great heist of humanity, how demons function in the emotional realm. Amen? And the devil will use situations. He's an opportunist. Listen, ladies, when you get hormonal, you can't help how you feel, but you need to help how you can act because the devil will use it. Amen. He'll use it to bring strife. He'll use it to bring uh, problems and unforgiveness and all of this. Don't walk around spiritually unwise. The devil uses it. And all the ladies said? Amen. Amen. So I want you to understand. The devil will tempt you to get into an emotional state where your emotions become amplified and you lose the ability of self-control over those emotions. The emotions dominate you. You do not dominate the emotions. Do you understand? They've been hijacked. The spirit that functions in that area has hijacked and is taking control. Numbers 5 verse 14, the New King James Version. If the spirit, say spirit, of jealousy comes upon him and he becomes jealous of his wife who has committed adultery, or if the spirit of jealousy comes upon him and he becomes jealous of a wife, although she hasn't committed adultery. That word spirit used is the word ruach. It means spirit. It's the same word that was used to describe the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1 verse 2. The spirit, the ruach of God moved upon the face of the waters. So clearly this is a spirit of jealousy. Amen. Translations, other translations, unfortunately, diminish it as an emotion. It is a spirit. So this spirit hijacks the natural emotion of the person if he catches his wife in adultery. The, the spirit there will use that opportunity and hijack that jealousy. Or if the, the, the man suspects his wife of getting into adultery. That is a temptation. Amen? That spirit will tempt the person to believe that that person is uh, unfaithful and will also enter in over there. How do you know if it's entered? Because it's destructive. Amen? We, we all experience it, but it's destructive. It brings destruction. It's uncontrollable. And this is used in every area of our life. The devil uses these methods in every kind of emotional experience you can imagine. We know what we're talking about. We've cast out hundreds of thousands of demons. Amen? In unforgiveness, in rejection, pride, jealousy, anger, fear, anxiety, overthinking, shame, heartbreak. Every flesh attribute. Say flesh attribute. So you might say, well, well, if it's flesh, it's our flesh. It's normal. These are normal things, normal emotions. So how do you know if it's your flesh 
or if it is of a spiritual nature? Good question. Good question. Well, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, I discipline my body, my flesh, and bring it into subjection. If it is purely the flesh, you will have self-control over it. Amen. It will not dominate you. Even if it's hard, you will still be able to have control over it. Amen. If not, that's not the God's order. He gave you free will. You, you are kings and queens. You do not be dominated by emotions. You rule over them. Amen. But if it is an uncontrollable emotion, attribute, or habit where you can't control it, obviously something else is controlling it. Hello? Amen. Something has assumed control. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, ESV, for God gave us spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. If fear dominates you, you do not have self-control, then it is a spirit. Amen. Another clear and classic example of demonic infiltration through the example of Scripture, we just read Romans 5 verse 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For who sinned? Say this, generational curse. You can't call yourself a Christian and not believe in generational curses. You can't. This is a classic generational curse. Amen. You and I were all under this curse. Amen. We were all under this generational curse. We were all destined for hell. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the curse was annulled. Amen. It was paid in full by Jesus. But now listen to me very carefully. The cross did not automatically give us eternal life. It did not automatically remove the curses. It gave us the right to become children of God. It gave us the power and the ability to break the curses. Amen? You don't just uh, uh, automatically save or everybody would be saved. You have to appropriate saving, right? I mean, if everything was paid for as soon as you got born again, wow, you saved, you're healthy, you're wealthy. How many of you know that doesn't happen? You've got to get saved from, from, from death for eternal life. You've got to get saved from sickness. Amen. You've got to get saved from lack. Amen. So it's something that is not automatic. We need to appropriate it. And the problem is that with each passing generation, the generational curses become amplified. It's terrible. With, with, each, with each parent, they're carrying their parents' uh, uh, generational curses. It goes on them, and, they, and then it goes on their kids. And they, it's like this pyramid thing of these, just these curses that just get compounded. And this younger generation that we've seen, it, it's just so sad because so many little kids are really under severe oppression, demonic oppression. I've done nothing. I've spent hours casting demons out of little nine-year-old, ten-year-old kids. They've done nothing. Amen. And these generational curses will stay in place until that they are canceled. We've cast, 
uh, we've broken generational curses going back 250 generations. That's thousands of years, family. Amen. So how do we identify curses? Well, and how does this work? Well, inequity is a symptom of a curse. Inequity is when a sin becomes a habit. Inequity is when a, a, a sin starts to become uh, part of a person's identity. It's not just a sin that you must listen. You remember oh, Uncle Pete's coming. Oh, and you get a picture of his inequity. Amen? Inequity is, is, is an uncontrollable sin that goes down the generations. Many people, even O'Connell, say, oh, you know what? I've got my opa and my, my, my dad's anger. You know, they don't even realize how spiritually correct they are. It's an inequity. It's been passed on. Amen? Some inequities, and these are what's called demonic strongholds. Those spirits have a stronghold. They have a stronghold in that family line. Uh, some common inequities is lust. Lust is a common inequity, sexual perversion. Pedophilia, homosexuality, anger, addictions, anxieties, fear, anything that you can see that has traveled down the family line is an inequity. Now, sometimes if um, the demonic spirits that have a claim on the bloodline are not able to cause the person to fall into that form of inequity, then they force it on you. For example, if there is a sexual perversion, there's lust or whatever, that's, that's an inequity that's traveled down the family line, and um, the, 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 this generation is meek, and they're shy, and they're mild, and they're not inclined to fall into any one of those inequities, then this, the demon spirits work out plans that will actually force it upon the people. They will use and influence people to molest the child. Use uh, people who have these, these, these inequities to, uh, to rape, to cause all of these things. And in those moments, there is this transferal that happens. It's forced upon children. Then this child who is meek and mild, and we've ministered to many, love the Lord, serving the Lord, but have like serious lust problems, living two lives. Amen. It's not their fault. Or, uh, uh, and that's why you see like molestation and that in the family line. It is something that, that, that happens. We've seen this family. And, um, and abuse, you see it travels in the family line. These are all inequities. Amen. If it's not broken off, it's going to the next generation. Amen. Family, we, we prayed. We speak it from experience. This is not, I'm not like, like, like theories. I'm not like, like, I assume this. Uh, this is practical stuff that we've experienced. We prayed for a, a, a lady once who, who was raped. And her mother was raped. And so we, we, we prayed for her and, and just divinely by God, demons just manifested in this lady. And we know by experience, if there is a manifestation that happens, there's a reason 
we need to figure out. Because it's rare, but when it happens, we need to see what is going on here. So through the interrogation process, it was uncovered that this was a generational uh, curse of this rape that was implanting these, these, these demons into this generation. And it was also uncovered that, that those spirits had already planned to rape her daughter. And people say, well, you must not speak to demons. Well, if we didn't, we wouldn't know that we wouldn't have been able to prevent it. But we were, praise Jesus. Amen. Another example of a, a generational curse, it was a young 19-year-old girl who was really sick, struggling with uh, unnatural diseases. And the doctors couldn't figure out what it was, so they're just trying to treat it. And then, um, and Christian people, and so they came for prayer, and it was the, 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 the mother, it was the, the children, and we, we, we do what we do, and we just started praying. And s suddenly, demons manifested in the mom, very unexpectedly. And so quickly, my wife escorted the child out the room, and we proceeded now to, 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 to see what is going on here. And these people were of Indian descent, and although they were Christians in their family line, because there was the worship of idols, there was a spirit of, of infirmity that came down onto this young child. We cast the demons out, we broke off the curses, the child came in, prayed for her, completely healed. They were Christians. Amen. You see, we have to understand that the cross gives us the ability to live holy, to be saved, to live healthy, to have all our needs met. Amen? How's our time? Can I continue? Or are we going to... Okay, my voice is good enough. You can hear me even without the mic. Amen? So family, we, 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 we are coming to a close now, but I just... We've seen how...